0: off today and joining me uh on this king's road walk to winterfell is our grand baster josh harris josh how are we doing today bud
1: it's good so uh, actually 50 degrees out today um so what's that like 19 celsius we're we're uh it hasn't snowed in a week the sun is out i've been cashing it's been a great week see
0: see the weather turns and everything right. starts getting better right that's all we needed. that's all we need a little bit of sunshine little less snow, things start going our way. Let's hope uh, we can keep that train rolling here tonight. Um, Last night was, it was just one of those nights where you had uh, a certain line or a certain combination or you didn't. Um, Last night, Winnipeg went off. Uh, Winnipeg won uh, particularly (laughs) empty net goals. Like, I saw a post last night uh, from somebody on hockey Twitter that uh, Blake Wheeler has the most empty net points in the last three seasons. And Mark Scheifele is second, and I think it was Nick Ehlers is third, and they're all twenty yeah. points or above over the last three years. Um, those guys are always on the ice when they had the lead, and it paid off for a lot of people last night.
1: I was telling Jake that, like I said, I, I said no one runs better on the empty net than Winnipeg. One, I have no stats to back that up. You gave me the stats, but like, it seems like every time they're chalky and on the ice with an empty net situation, they score. Like, yeah,
0: every- I. I it, like, it's it's just a lock. Like, here here we are, like, every night, like, just begging that Bergeron can bank it in off, the, off a defenseman, <laughs> that, you know, that's guarding the net or something like that. And Blake Wheeler just seems to find assists and goals with the empty net, like, almost every single yeah. night. It is, it is, I would like to say it's a skill, but it's also just his team getting some goals and him having the trust of his coach. So, um, I was, I yeah, if you had, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah. Uh, if you had Winnipeg, you might have had a good night. Uh, depends who you had with them. Um, Andre Vasilevsky had a big night. He was the hammer goaltender, if I'm not mistaken, aside from uh, Tristan, y- Tristan Yari had the 35 save bonus plus the win as well. But Vasilevsky, 28 saves plus the shutout. Um, like we said, Winnipeg went off. Joel Farabee had a big night. Uh, a couple of Pittsburgh guys did well. Kasperi Kapanen with a couple of goals. So it was one of those nights where, if you looked at the top of the leaderboard for most tournaments, you saw lineups with three, four, five, you know, maybe six Winnipeg Jets. And then it was just, you know, pretty much one off or two minutes besides that. And, yeah. and that, that and that's the thing, right? Like we were talking in Slack this morning that um, the correlated lines don't always get there. Sometimes, you know, last night, I think uh, the 10K winner, it looked like a cash lineup. Um, that just happens. Um, I wouldn't recommend just running cash lineups in your GPPs all the time. But if you're a cash game player, I would recommend putting your cash, your cash game lineup in a GPP once in a while because it could pay off uh, like it did last night uh, likely for someone else all right um, that's about it for for last night probably there's not too much else to talk about other than Winnipeg smash and, and did, the, did the job with the empty net so um, just want to remind everybody that if you're not able to watch uh, your favorite Osmo shows here on YouTube that you can catch these Osmo shows almost all of them anyways uh, on the Osmo podcast network we've got a podcast for every sport And we're available on every major platform. So head on over to Osmo.com slash podcast to check out the latest. Just leave us a five-star review on any one of the podcasts with your Twitter handle uh, or email address. And you'll be eligible to win a free week of Osmo Plus Platinum. Uh, One winner will be awarded every Friday and reviews will be eligible to win for up to one year. So even if you leave one now, uh, you could win in six months, eight months, ten months. Uh, Could be a nice Christmas present. So uh, if you want to catch our podcast, head on over to Osmo.com slash podcast and leave a five-star review for a chance to win a free week of Osmo Plus Platinum. Before we jump into the games, uh, if everyone uh, could drop us a like, and if you haven't already, uh, subscribe, pretty please. Uh, We are trying to grow this channel. Um, We're trying to keep bringing these to you uh, almost uh, on a daily basis. Uh, and with the NBA All-Star break uh, coming uh, coming up here shortly, we might even be on uh, more than once a day. So stay tuned for that. There will be a lot of NHL coming up uh, while uh, the NBA is down. Uh, before we get into our games, I see we have a super chat uh, from Clayton again. Clayton's always good to see you. Thank you for the super chat. Uh, he asks on a shorter slate, at what ownership level do you fade the chalk or do you eat it and differentiate elsewhere? I would presume it might depend on the slate, but I'll wait to hear your answer, Josh.
1: Yeah, I mean, on a slate like this, like, there is just so many expensive options, so I don't know if there's going to be someone that is going to be like, a line specifically that's going to be overly chalky, but like, that's something that's probably also slate dependent, but it's also up to you, right? So like, if if you're like saying like, oh, Ovechkin's going to be my favorite play tonight, but then you look at the ownership and he's like 55%. And you're like, well, I want to fade now. Just play your best plays is my best advice and differentiate yourself elsewhere. Especially on a site like this, there's a lot of places you can go. So unless you're unless you're afraid like you're gonna be slamming chalk with chalk in like one to three lineups, then you know maybe you gotta make a tough decision on a fade here and there. But if if your favorite play Is someone who's going to be chalky, I I say, play him and differentiate yourself elsewhere.
0: Yeah. I think that's a pretty good, uh, way to approach things. Is that like, I, I don't just blindly fade players. I will fade because of ownership. Um, you know, if, if we're on a slate where there's only one super expensive line, like let's say we're on a slate and it's only the Edmonton Oilers. And then besides that, we have like Arizona and Anaheim, Los Angeles, you know, whatever. um, and it seems like it's going to be like like 50% Connor McDavid or something like that on a five or six game slate, then yeah, at that point, then I probably will fade because if he bricks, you can lap half the field and probably every one of your lineups will cash. Um, but like you said, a night like tonight where there are so many uh, different expensive spots you can go. Like I would just, I would pay attention to our ownership. Like we're going to get to Vegas later, but one of the Vegas lines um, is very chalky. So like I wouldn't run out and slam in Colorado with that chalky Vegas line. Right. Cause like you said, that's just compounding chalk on top of chalk. And at that point you're probably going to get duped and you're probably uh, just slamming in super uh, chalky players across your lineup. So you're right. Don't worry about your main stack being chalky. If it is, that's fine. Worry about your secondary stack and your goalies and your defensemen being chalky as well. Um, I don't, like, like I said, if on a specific slate, maybe I might fade a 50% McDavid or something like that, but I won't go in a slate like tonight. I won't say, Oh, I'm not playing Nathan McKinnon. Cause he's 25% because there are, are lots of lines elsewhere that are going to come in at three, four 5% um, where you can differentiate. So I agree completely with you there, Josh. Thanks again for the question. Clayton, always love uh, seeing your questions. We'll try to answer uh, questions uh, if we can uh, throughout the show, but obviously Um, we have uh, some games to talk about. So let's get through those games. Anyways, let's talk about that very first game. That's going to feature some expensive players that might come in at lower ownership. Uh, So we definitely need to review this. We have the Washington capitals with a 2.8 implied goal total going into Boston with a 3.3 implied goal total. Um, Washington has been shaking around their lines a bit. The latest iteration seems to have Evgeny Kuznetsov and Alex Ovechkin on the top line uh, with the second line of Backstrom, Vrana, and Wilson. Now, going into Boston, that would tell me that Bergeron, Pasternak, and Martian are going to see a lot of the Kuznetsov-Ovechkin line, and I think that is a great, great matchup for the top line from Boston. Now, the second line from Washington, Brown and Backstrom Wilson, has typically been very good, uh, both offensively and defensively. Two guys uh, on the top power play unit together on that line as well. So uh, there might be some stuff on both sides of the game. But for me personally, that Boston top line is something I'm interested in. What are you interested in, Josh?
1: Yeah, so the first thing I noticed uh, this morning was that, you know, there was Kuznetsov was a questionable this morning. Right. So like the top line was Lars Eller with Ovechkin and Shiri and, you know, they had pretty decent defensive numbers. Lars Eller is arguably their best defensive center. I guess you could throw Backstrom in that mix as well. But uh, if you assumed, you know, Eller with Ovechkin going into Bergeron, yeah, it's still a good matchup for Boston, but it's not as good as, you know, Kuznetsov and Ovechkin, like Kuznetsov and Ovechkin for as good as they are offensively are absolutely atrocious defensively. So like, and then you have Connor Sheary. Yeah, he's a nice player, but like he's not a you know a defensive forward like Oshie or even you know Verona's decent defensively. Wilson, something like that. So this top line going against Bergeron, it's it's just going to be like if things go the way they should, Bergeron line is just going to run them over, like run them over. The problem is they're over twenty four thousand tonight. Yeah, there are a bunch of cheap lines you can fit them in with. Like there, there's a handful, so you have to kind of be like attentive of what you're doing if you're loading in a bunch of boston one stacks because there's only so many spots you can go so you kind of have to play around with you know your defensemen with your secondary stack stuff like that but you know um this is probably in a in a vacuum my favorite spot of the night cons- which is crazy considering there's edmonton there's toronto with matthews back there's vegas there's colorado you know so like but like this fully correlated top line going against Kuznetsov Ovechkin is about as good as it gets. And then I do agree with you. I do like this capital second line. If you had to go to the caps, uh, they're going to, you know, for at least for a good part, they're going to see that second line at Boston and David Krejci's back. And you know, not like he's older now and he's coming off an injury. I think is he, he's back, right? Yeah. So yeah, he's been out. Yeah. So I think if you want to get to the caps here in MME, I think that second line, obviously if you want some Ovechkin one-offs, for the power play one that's obviously fine but for me it's boston one boston power play and washington two
0: yeah i I think that'd be the one thing i'd mention about washington two is like i probably wouldn't just stack like backstrom and Vrana. i think there are too few games where those two go off where Vetchkin and carlson don't right like it would typically be you know if, if backstrom has a big game it's because he has two assists going to to Ovechkin and one to Carlson or something like that. So uh, if I do play Washington too, it would probably be like Backstrom, Vrana, Ovechkin or Backstrom, Vrana, Carlson or something like that. I would make sure to get in one of Ovechkin or Carlson. Uh, you can leave Tom Wilson there if you want. He's not uh, typically necessary, but I'm with you. I absolutely love Everything about this Boston line tonight. I mean, we just updated our top stacks tool um, about thirty minutes, about yeah, about thirty minutes before the show. Uh, we have them almost neck and neck with Colorado one for top stack percentage, thirty three percent versus thirty one percent. But we have Colorado one coming in at twenty five percent ownership and Boston one at eleven percent, so less than half the ownership at virtually the same upside. Now they are more expensive, like you mentioned. Um, so that is the difference. It's an extra twenty seven hundred dollars for the full stack. Um, so you have to make that difference up somewhere, but Judy was
1: boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumpacasino dot com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com dot com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. chumpacasino dot com. No
0: purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But the nice thing is, is that with Charlie McAvoy off the power play unit uh, and Matt Grizzlick on the power play unit, you can save, I think it's $1,800 uh, dropping from McAvoy to Grizzlick. And also Nick Ritchie's still on the top power play unit. So if you want to drop off Brad Marchand and throw on Nick Ritchie uh, for your three-man Boston stack or drop off Pasternak even and throw on Nick Richie for the three man Boston stack. It's another way to get there. Now, obviously you won't get that full Boston stack that way. And we usually talk about getting that full Boston stack when you can. And I would encourage people to do that. I'm just saying if there are certain lines that are a little bit more expensive elsewhere that you like, I don't hate the idea of, of leaving off a Martian to throw on Nick Richie or something like that, bring down the average cost per player uh, that will allow you uh, to get to those other expensive guys. Um, I'm probably not dropping down to any of the third lines. Any of the third lines interest you here? Like, it seems like that third line for Washington would be pretty good, but you know, broken power play and like they, they might move guys around like, Oshi oh, might get up to the top line at some point. So yeah. I mean, no
1: if you want to have like a coil Craig Smith, I mean, that's okay, but they're going to see, you know, a good deal of Eller and Oshie. So like, Dipping down to a, a third-line matchup going against a good defensive center is not something I typically want to do on a shorter slate.
0: Yep, I hear you. All right. Uh, defenseman here. I mean, we mentioned Matt Grizzlick. He's PP1 uh, for Boston. Um, if you're using uh, the the Washington power play stack, I would try to get in uh, John Carlson where you can. Um, not sure what else you want. Because I looked at the Washington time on ice for defenseman in their last game, and it was Carlson at, like, 27 or 28 minutes and then everybody else was under 20. So it seems like it's just mixing and matching with John Carlson as much as they can. So like, I don't know if there's anybody else. I mean, I guess Jacobs Borel min price, 2,500 punt near 20 minutes might be fine, but I think that's it.
1: Yeah. I actually had a couple of people asking about Dimitri Orlov today. He's 2,500 power play too. And just like, if this was last season, yeah, I'd definitely do it. But, like, his ice time's been down, like, 15, 16, 17 minutes. He had, his peripherals so far this season have been bad. Um, if you have – if, like, you absolutely need a min-price someone on getting some power play time, I guess it's okay. But, like, I'd avoid that if I could. I mean, if I had – and same with Justin Schultz. Like, the defenseman in this game, outside of Grizzlick and Carlson, I'm probably fading.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good point about the Washington PP2. And I should mention that they are giving that second power play a bit more time. Um, What they're typically doing is just running Ovechkin for the two minutes and then swapping out the four guys. Um, The top unit still sees, you know, the lion's share, quote unquote, but um, that second power play unit is starting to see a bit more ice time. So it does bring those PP2 players a little bit more into play, guys like Eller. Um, or, you know, Schultz. Again, like Schultz, I probably wouldn't play him unless I was stacking the Caps either. So uh, I'm with you. For me, this game is about Grizzly or Carlson, depending on which side you stack. I do have some Vanacek. I don't mind some Vanacek. The Bruins have been shooting a lot lately. He's got a decent price, uh, has played well this year, and will have no ownership. So I think I'm on Vanacek a bit. What about you?
1: Yeah, I don't mind that. He's in that price range where it's, you know, he's going to get volume and it's, you know, be good if he gets to win. Tuka Rask, 8,300. No facts.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no thank you. (laughs) Uh, Not not against a team that relies a lot on on power play scoring, especially, right? Uh, You don't want those high percentage shots coming at your goaltender. All right. Um, I think that's it uh, for us in this game. Uh, we got to get to the next game, and this one is going to be an absolute doozy. Uh, We have the Toronto Maple Leafs with a 3.2 implied goal total. Uh, going into Edmonton with a 3.3 implied goal total. I think Toronto's implied goal total has come up a bit through the day um, as Austin Matthews was confirmed in. Um, So they are two of the higher totals on the night. Um, Like I said, Austin Matthews back. He's going to the top line with Marner and Joe Thornton, which means that second line duo of Tavares and Nylander is back together. Um, Edmonton changed up their lines as well. Uh, James Neal... Top line, James Neal playing with Puglia Yervy and Connor McDavid. And then the second line of Dreisaitl, Yamamoto, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Now, before I ask you your thoughts on this, Josh, I want to just talk about um, Dreisaitl for a minute. Um, the line of Dreisaitl, Yamamoto, Nugent Hopkins actually played a lot together last year um, once Yamamoto got called up after Christmas. Uh, and they were great, like legitimately great. expected goals for 5.4 actual goals for 56.4 expected goal share. That is just absolutely insane. And that's in 324 minutes of ice time. So we're talking about a third of a season. Um, That's not a small sample by any stretch, but, and here's the but without Ryan Nugent Hopkins, those numbers cratered. So it seems like he might be the difference maker here. Like, I mean crater. 2.9 expected goals, for down to 2.2, 5.4 expected goals down to 2.5. Like The numbers all fell off. Um, the one thing I will say is that it, it kind of seems that Leon Dreisaitl is playing a little injured. And it's something that the media has, that the Edmonton media has brought up as well. He's been missing a lot of practices. If you look at his time on ice, he's been under... Uh, 20 minutes, three or four games out of his last 10, which is really unusual for him. He's usually 21, 22 minutes pretty consistently um, every night. Uh, there's even one or two games where he got down to 17 minutes. So, like, I don't like just blindly saying a player's playing injured because that could greatly warp how you view that player. But between his following production over the last month missing practices, declining ice time. Like, he's lost a minute and a half of ice time over his last 10 games compared to his first 10. Like, there seems to be some red flags here. But like I said, he gets Ryan Nugent-Hopkins tonight, and that's a big boost to his line. So I think there's uh, some thinking that ne- needs to be done here, Josh. So why don't you do some thinking for us?
1: Yeah, so so Edmonton's played Toronto like three games in a row now. This is the third one in a row. And now Freddie's going to be back, so it's going to be the third different goalie they're facing. Um, so we kind of have to make the McDavid decision, right? He's done absolutely nothing in these first two games, and he's been chalky. There's no reason to believe why he's not going to be chalky again because he's Connor McDavid. And but he hasn't had production. Now he doesn't get Nugent Hopkins on his on his left. He has <laughs> he's got big game Milan Lucic. Ch- I'm sorry, James Neal. They're the same to me now. Um, and the, they're gonna go into the Matthews Thornton Marner line, which is the best defensive iteration of the Matthews line. Right. As much as I hate on Joe Thornton, his defensive numbers this year have been incredible. So as much as like this is a spot where I was hoping McDavid would come in, you know, underowned and I would just jam it blindly, this is a spot where I want to fade this this McDavid line. Just because like this Matthew like Matthew's being back there's going to be ownership there as well like so like I can't overstate how big of a drop-off going from Ryan Nugent Hopkins is to James Neal yeah it's crazy like yeah the wowies with like Pooley and McDavid are pretty pretty telling but like going from Nugent Hopkins to James Neal is like sending Booch to play off with Mika Zemanja and going to send him with, like, Brett Howden and, and like, Goffier. So it's, like, it's a big it's a big deal. So for me, I'm going to be definitely underweight on Edmonton 1 tonight. And if it – you know, if McDavid has one of his McDavid nights, so be it. Like, all the numbers, everything is telling me to fade McDavid. Now, I will say, in MME, if you – obviously, you want a power play stack, the Oilers, you, that's definitely on the table. But as a top line, I think I'm going to be underweight just because, one – I like this Matthews line going into McDavid. They're, this is their best defensive iteration, right? So that's another reason to fade. And I want to get to this Edmonton second line. Yeah, maybe Drysdale's a little banged up. Maybe he's just been bad because he's playing with, you know, absolute third wheels instead of Nuju Hopkins. So I don't mind going to the second line. I, you know, Kyle Yamamoto technically doesn't get power play time. But you know how they rotate, Neil. They ro- rotate in Puliyarvi. They've rotated in Yamamoto. They rotate in Chason. So I don't mind full stacking this line because he's he may end up getting a minute or two of power play time. They're going to avoid the Matthews matchup. They're going to get Tavares, nylander who have been underwhelming this season. So I think for me, Edmonton two, Toronto one, underweight Edmonton one, and then MME. I definitely have some both sides of this power play stack.
0: Yeah, I'm really glad you mentioned the McDavid fade because. That's exactly what I'm doing tonight. I have 0% Connor McDavid in my lineups. And believe me, ladies and gentlemen, it's as scary as it sounds. We saw him go. We've seen him go nuclear a couple times already uh, this year. There was one game where he entered a slate in the first period, I'm pretty sure. So like, believe me, I understand that this could end up very end up going very poorly. But I agree with all your points. Dropping off from Ryan Nugent Hopkins to James Neal is just putting they're basically playing four on five with a dummy in front of the net. Like that's ex- that's effectively what they're doing. Um, and going in and it's not like this is a good matchup as you mentioned this is a very bad matchup for that top line going into the, that Matthews line um, I'm glad you mentioned the power play because <laughs> again they changed up the power play last game um, Tyson Berry and Alex Chaseon were pushed off the top power play unit in their final power play of the game and Darnell Nurse and Jesse Puljujarvi played it now it wasn't Barry or Chason being injured or anything like that. Barry wasn't even on the ice before the power play. So he was plenty rested and he played PP2. So did Chason. So, you know, maybe they're going to Darnell Nurse, uh, PP1. We don't know that for sure. Um, but I think it is a possibility. And like Nurse played 29 minutes last game or something like that. And Barry was under 20. So maybe, you know, maybe Barry's starting to fall out of favor a little. Maybe it's this Toronto uh, series has shown a couple of his flaws. So yeah, I'm mostly out on Edmonton. I do have one Edmonton two stack here tonight um, because I, I was able to fit them in with a line that I like uh, later on this slate. So I do have one share of full Edmonton two, um, but that's it. Um, Don't have a lot of Edmonton do have a lot of Toronto. I have a lot of the Matthews line basically because I think with Nugent Hopkins gone and Neil there, it's just a a much better matchup uh, for Edmonton or for Toronto one now. So Matthews, Marner, uh, throw in Thornton if you want. Morgan Riley, no problem. Uh, I'm in on all of those guys tonight. Um, looking at the defense, I mean, I just mentioned uh, Darnell Nurse played, uh, you know, 29 minutes last game and Barry was under 20. Uh, Adam Larson was the only Edmonton defenseman uh, over 20 minutes uh, in their previous game. Like, Toronto defensemen have generally been disappointing this year. Like, Morgan Riley's had a couple big games. Jake Muzzin's been relatively solid. Other than that, they really haven't done a whole lot. So, uh, for me, like, I'm putting the power play defenseman with the power play guys, but they're really under a lot of defensemen I like out of this game.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, Morgan Riley is someone I just play. If I'm stacking Toronto 1 or the power play, I would never one-off him. Muzzin, if I have the, you know, if I come down to my last spot and I have the salary, is someone I'd consider. But I agree, on the Edmondson side, like, Nurse, fifty nine hundred. If he is going to, he's cheaper than Barry. So if he does get the power play time, you know, even like I, in a, in a bottle, I'd rather play nurse than Barry anyway. He's just better. Yeah. And then, yeah. So, and then like, I th- I feel like Ethan bear is like going to be a popular punt tonight just because he's 2,500. He may see some power play to your time, but his time on ice concerns me. But if he is up there with nurse, like he may approach 20 minutes.
0: Yeah, he could. And like, it seems like I've been waiting for that and they're not quite giving him those minutes. Like, it seems like like Edmonton's almost doing with Nurse what Washington does with Carlson, right? Like Carlson will play 25 to 30 minutes and then everybody else will play under 20. Um, It kind of seems like Edmonton's trending in that direction, um, at least in the short term. Goalies. Oh, boy. Uh, Anderson back. Uh, but he is eight thousand dollars on the road going into Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Uh Mike Smith is at home at seventy nine hundred on DraftKings. Are either of those appealing to you?
1: So in a vacuum, no. But <laughs> <What? laughs> well, like in GPPs, if you're if you want to correlate your goalie with your stacks, I think that's fine. I wouldn't go all in on either of these goalies. But if if you're one fifty maxing and you have a good bit of Toronto, I think it would make sense to have some Freddie. And if you have a good bit of Edmonton, it makes sense to have some Mike Smith, but in one to three, I'm fading these goalies.
0: Yeah. I'm with you. I have a couple in correlated lineups uh, and that's about it. I think that's it for me from this game. Anything else from you?
1: Uh, Hopefully it stays quiet on the Edmonton side.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Fingers crossed, buddy. Uh, just want to remind everybody that we do have free stuff uh, going on, uh, given away pretty much every day here at Osmo.com. Uh, we usually have projections or rankings or any or you know a whole bunch of different types of uh, goodies for everybody that's out there that wants to take a look at uh, what we have going on.
1: Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky.
0: Uh, We have PGA ownership projections for the upcoming tournament uh, also on the site, and we have NBA player projections as well. So head on over to Osmo.com. We have NHL and PGA player projections for free today, as well as NBA player projections. Uh, Okay, we're not talking about NBA here. We're going to get back to the NHL and we're going to get to a game that... Doesn't really seem appealing, but I think we'll have a lot of ownership because of the prices from some of the players. So let's talk about it. St. Louis, the Blues have a 2.9 implied goal total going into Bay- er, going into Anaheim sorry, with a 2.6 implied goal total. Um, we're still playing the waiting game with Vladimir Tarasenko. It doesn't appear as though um, he'll be, uh, going tonight again. Um, looks like it'll be closer to this weekend. So doesn't look like they're going to be too many lineup changes, uh, for either side here. Um, Anaheim mixed up their lines last game. Uh, you know, Anaheim mixed up their lines last game, and we're not going to know what the lines are because we don't have Anaheim beat writers. There's literally, I think, one person that covers Anaheim and he never gives lines because he doesn't watch the practices. There's nothing we can do about it. It's just the way it is. So last game, Anaheim changed up their lines in the third period and decided to go with a line of Henrik, Silverberg and Sonny Milano, and then uh, Lundestrom with Raquel and Zegers, and then Ryan Getzlaff, Max Jones and, or yeah, Max Jones and Max Comtois. Um, Comtois Jones and Getzlaff does not interest me in the slightest. Um, Henrik Silverberg Comtois, or Henrik Silverberg Zegers does. Um, it feels like that's one of those lines that um, may uh, get, get into some lineups that I, into those Boston one lineups, into those Colorado lineups. Um, is there any cheap lines with, do you like the Anaheim side at all here? What do you see, Josh?
1: <laughs> we're at this crossroads again. It's like, well, we got to talk about the ducks and they're all the same price. Like you mentioned the last game. So like, even if we don't know the lines, like they're all around the same price with, a, you know, their most expensive skater is Ricardo Kelly at 4,000. So if there's a line that you like, you put them in. And then if they, you know, if you happen to get lines before lock and they change, you should have the wiggle room. Um, there's a couple of things in this game that I want to mention first Isaac Lundestrom, right? He's coming off a hat trick at like 0.6%. He is 2,700 tonight. So I would imagine he's going to garner some ownership in these more expensive stacks. Now I will say I did look him up. Uh, he's a, he's a former first round pick and he is projected to be a pretty good top six player. Not that he's there yet, but. With these lines, like it might be a popular landing spot for the people building with Boston One for Ed, for like the Edmontons, for the Toronto's, for the Colorado. So just keep that in mind. Like Lemistron doesn't see power play time. So <clears throat> I'd find the extra 300 to go to Henrique tonight and get him in with Silverberg. I think they're that's gonna be a lower own duo. I think just because like I wouldn't say like recency bias, but if you game log. These players like Lundestrom, Raquel, Comtois, when they were together, they saw an uptick in minutes on the ice. So, if you're looking for the Ducks, like the players that you want to play from the Ducks, you want to get the people who are getting the ice time because they're all around the same price. So, you want them to be on the ice more. And Raquel has been getting the most minutes. So, But I don't mind going to Henrik Silverberg here just because they're 6,600 for the duo. They get full power play correlation. You want to put them in with Shattenkirk, who's also 3,200. So you're spending under 10,000 for the trio. I don't mind doing that. It may be popular, but I don't think it's going to be as popular as putting in, you know, Zagris and and Raquel. So for me, that's where I'm at with the Ducks. And then the St. Louis side, I actually kind of like this top line, O'Reilly, Cairo, and Sanford. Uh, I'm not huge on Sanford, but he's super cheap at 3,200. Uh, Riley and Cairo, you know, this line in a very small sample size has been very high event, um, 25 minutes. But they have been, you know, 18 high-danger chances, four per 60, 53% Corsi, 4 and a 4.2 expect goals for yeah, that's probably not sustainable. If it is, they're going to be one of the elite lines in the NHL. But in a small <laughs> sample, going against a team that's just bad defensively, going against this Geslav, Comtois, Max Jones pairing or er, line, if it is that, I think um I think this is a decent spot to get a line at lower ownership against in a good matchup, right? O'Reilly's power play one. Sanford and Cairo are power play two. So if you're putting in like uh Edmonton or Toronto or Colorado. It's tough with Boston. You're kind of looking at cheaper guys with power play correlation. So this line's kind of broken on the power play, but I think as a full line, you're going to get them pretty low owned because of that. And I like this spot.
0: Yeah. And if you're playing St. Louis tonight, it's probably not for the power play anyway, right? Cause Anaheim is one of the least penalized teams uh, in the NHL. So like broken power play correlation here isn't as big a factor as it might be in some other matchups. And let you, like you said, there are only so many spots where you can go, where if you use a McKinnon and, and Ranton and Landeskog, where you can actually get good players at a reasonable price. So, yeah, I don't mind the oreilly Sanford, Cairo call at all, just mixing in a couple of those guys uh, and going with it. I wanted to, You brought up the ownership, and the ownership is a good point. Um, I'm not exactly sure what to make of it, but we do have Henry and Silverberg quite a bit higher owned than Raquel and Zegris. Um, like double the ownership, so um, maybe name value. Yeah, I I think that's might that might be what it is. Is Henrik Silverberg are definitely going to be better known um, than Zegers and Lundestrom. Um, like for me, I'm going to go. Ze- I'm saying I'm going to go Zegers and Raquel for this reason is uh, they probably get a lot of third and fourth line matchups uh, from St. Louis. Uh, and with all the St. Louis's injuries, like, they're still missing Tarasenko. They're still missing Schwartz and Bozak and Thomas and Pareko and all those guys. Like, this is a pretty depleted lineup. So they can put together a reasonable top six because they have enough good players. But they can't, they can't put together a reasonable bottom six. And even the defensemen um, are starting to hurt. Like, Marco Scandella, uh, he should not be playing 23 or 24 minutes a game like he is. Um, that kind of goes to show just how much depth. Uh, They're missing right now. So I I just like Zegers and Raquel better because I think it's a better matchup. If they happen to come in at lower ownership, I'll just take that as a bonus. Um, I I think it'll be close between Zegers, Raquel and Silverberg, Henrik anyway, as far as ownership goes. Uh, Dumping down the defensemen, um, I don't think I have a single Anaheim defenseman roster. Actually, I shouldn't say that. I have some Ben Hutton uh, for 2,500. I don't know why my optimizer gave me a lot of Ben Hutton today. I have a lot of Ben Hutton for some reason. So I'm going with Ben Hutton uh, in some Anaheim lineups just to get cheaper. Uh, I have some one-off Justin Falk because I think he'll be super low owned for like 23 or 24 minutes at a reasonable price. Uh, But that's about it for me from defense. This is in a game I'm targeting for that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't like Shattenkirk at 3,200, but he's on the top power play. So like, I don't mind getting the three man power play correlation, even though, you know the ducks don't have a very vaunted power play but i will say uh one thing that we've been discussing quietly recently is the play of jordan bennington right he has not been playing well at all so i don't know with all these injuries and bennington in question like as much as i want to hate the ducks like i keep landing back here just because of the injuries the goalies the price it's just it's just something that we have to you know as tough it is to click them in, I think this is a good spot for them.
0: Like there aren't going to be many games where you want to play Anaheim against St. Louis this year, right? Like this is probably going to be the last time where you're actually going to want to do it. Cause Tara will be back very, very shortly. So yeah, I'm with you. I'm not going crazy on Anaheim, but I do think I have a stack in, in three out of 20 lineups. So maybe I'll get double the field or something like that. Nothing too crazy where I assume we're back on the John Gibson train. Always.
1: <laughs> I mean, he's Always. been, he's been pretty bad recently, but 7,000 at home, it's kind of hard to ignore.
0: Yep. I'm um, right back with you. If he tanks us again, he tanks us again, but boy, we are going down with the ship, <laughs> the John Gibson ship. Uh, all right, let's move it along. We're going uh, to Vegas actually, because Vegas uh, has a, the biggest total on the slate, 4.1 at home to the Minnesota wild, the wild are carrying a 2.5 implied goal total, um, the big news, I guess, from the Minnesota side is that Zach Parise looks like he's going to be a healthy scratch tonight. Didn't skate and in warm-up skate. Um, they called up Gerald Mayhew and Kyle Rau, uh, two forwards. So it looks like, aside from Ryan Hartman being out from the third line, Zach Parise will also be out. So we're anticipating the top six for Minnesota to stay together, uh, but the bottom six uh, is going to be a big jumble. Um, that probably helps the Vegas third line a little bit because now there's no depth left in Minnesota. It's just Marcus Foligno and a couple of plugs. Um, Vegas, going back to their old line, top, top line, Stone, uh, Stevenson, Pacioretty, second line, Carlson, Smith, uh, and uh, who's the other? Oh, Marshall, yeah. Uh, so they're going back to their normal top six. Minnesota has their regular top six. What do you like out of this game, Josh?
1: Where's Jake? I know you're in the chat. I know you're in the chat. Choo-choo, Vegas won, baby. Chandler Stevenson on the top power play. They're going to be chalky as all whatever four-letter word you want to put in there. They're going to be chalky. This is just wild. So, um, Oh, Jake says the Vegas total is 3.1. Yeah,
0: 3.1. I'm, that was my mistake. I misspoke there.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Vegas top line is still going to be wildly chalky just because – Max Pacioretty has been in the, uh, the low eights. He's down to 7,000. Mark Stone was up around 7,000. He's now 5,700. Chandler Stevenson is around where he always is, but the big news is he's on power play one. So, yeah, I love I love Vegas one tonight. I always love them when they're together. Now even more with Stevenson on the power play. It's not the best matchup, five on five, but this game got out of control <laughs> last time. Now these lines are more correlated. Um, so, yeah, I I, I really love this Vegas one. I even like this Vegas too. I know they're not on power play one, but they are in power play two. It's not like the Knights are one of those teams who don't really give way more minutes to power play one, than power play two, I, obviously the power play two is going to play way less, but like they're still for, fully correlated. They're super cheap. You can get them in with the, with the more expensive stacks. It might be tough with, with Boston unless you, you know, punk goalie and defenseman, but going into that Ras Zuccarella uh, you line. Um, That's something I want to exploit for as good as everyone has been saying they are offensively. They are not very good defensively. And I also, a bunch of people were messaging me saying I hate Zuccarello. I don't, I really like Zuccarello. He's one of my favorite players, especially when he's on the Rangers, but I do not want to play a 5,500 Matt Zuccarello. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: And then this Minnesota depth is just not great. Uh, I mean, I don't really want to get to the third line of Vegas with like Cody glass, Alex Tuck and uh, my boy Keegan Coleslaw. But like, I don't mind a glass tuck duo. If you really need some salary relief glass gets the power play one. So for me, uh, Vegas one Vegas power play. If you want to get weird and, you know, put in glass instead of Stevenson, if you're not on the Stevenson train, like I am, you can do that. But Vegas one Vegas power play some Vegas two. And on the Minnesota side, I'm probably going to be underweight. Um, I, I don't mind this top line. Uh, I just don't like going against Pacioretty and Stone. Like, that's just uh, one of those. Like, Stone is one of the best defensive forwards in the league. So that's not something I like doing. And I'm not a huge believer in the second line of Victor Rask. I love uh, Kirill uh, Kaprazov. But if you want to, you know, have some, some minis on the power play, that's fine. But I'm going to be underweight in the, on the Wild.
0: Yeah, I'm not super big on Minnesota tonight here either. I do like the price of their defensemen, and we'll get to those in a minute. But I'm just not big uh, on the team here uh, for tonight. Vegas, you're right. Uh, their ownership, I think, is something we're talking about. Uh, we have Pat the stevens Stevenson stone line coming in between nine and ten percent, right on their top stacks tool, so they're fine to use. It seems Vegas two, are <laughs> Vegas two, we had them at quite a bit of ownership, uh, more ownership than the Stevenson line, actually coming in at 11.6% more than double their top stack percentage. It's just because they're so cheap, right? Yeah. They're 11. They're a little over 11 K. You can easily fit them in uh, with Colorado one. You can easily fit them in with, uh, you know, Toronto one, Edmonton one. Uh, You can even put them in with Boston one and you don't even need to super punt your defenseman to do it. So um, I think that Vegas second line is going to be super popular. So I'm, Kind of with you that if I'm going to go to Vegas, it's probably like I'm not going to I, like, I, again, I will not begrudge anybody for throwing them in uh, with your more expensive stacks. Um, it's something I'm going to do as well, because I think uh, there are places where I can get a little bit different um, uh, like defenseman or one offing some guys. So I'm not super concerned about that. Um, But just be aware that there is going to be a lot of, en- of ownership on Vegas two tonight. So, like, if you're playing five lineups and you're just mixing in Vegas two with all the expensive stacks, you're probably going to get duplicated a fair bit. So, just be aware um, of that little problem. Uh, defenseman, I do like the defenseman in this game. Um, it's like I said, the, I love those cheap Minnesota defensemen. Listen, I get it. It's a tough matchup. But Jared Spurgeon, 3,600. I was saying the other day on a show, he's a guy that typically scores double digit goals every year. Um, just a bit of snake right now. So I love his price at 3,600. Ryan Suter running the top power play for 3,500. I probably wouldn't one off him, but I don't hate it either. At 3,500, he doesn't need a lot to really uh, exceed value. Vegas, uh, you know, you have those super expensive guys uh, as always, uh, but you know, some cheap guys you can dump down to as well. There are a lot of guys to like here. What do you like?
1: Yeah. I mean, and there's a discount on, on Theodore and Petroangelo too. I mean, Theodore was only 5,700. He was up in the 7,000s earlier this year. So if you're, if you're looking to get away from the chalky Edmonton, the chalky Toronto, stuff like that, um, you know, going four man Vegas might be a way to do that. Yeah. You can't get in another expensive line with them. Like, but you're going to have a probably like more than likely a unique lineup with low ownership. So, I don't mind Theodore. He's one of my favorite defensemen, especially after the Ducks just gave him up to to protect uh, Clayton Stoner. That's a story for another time. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Uh, Alec Martinez, I like to 4,900. He's a decent one off, but I I probably find the 800 more for Theodore or the the 900 more for Petr Andrew. Yeah.
0: I'm with you. I love the expensive Vegas uh, defenseman uh, here tonight. And I do like Jared Spurgeon on the other side. Um <laughs> Don't mind the price uh, on Cam Talbot, 7,100. I think it'll be a good leverage spot, especially if Vegas 2 is as high owned as they are. Like a quarter of lineups might have Vegas 1 or 2 or 3 in their lineup. So don't mind Talbot for 7,100. What do you think? I agree.
1: I'm kind of off Flurry. He's just been playing way too much. Yeah,
0: I agree. Okay. Uh, Before we move on, I just want to let everybody know that if you want to get access to all the great Osmo Plus tools and content, for nearly every DFS sport out there, uh, you can do so with an Osmo Plus weekly pass for $29.95. This includes full access to all the premium content on Osmo.com, including player projections, ownership projections, uh, our premium Slack channel, rankings, and a whole lot more. Uh, if you want to play just NHL DFS, then you can sign up for our Osmo Plus NHL weekly package. That is only eleven ninety five. You can stop guessing and start winning. Join Osmo Plus today. Okay. This game coming up, uh, I have a lot of interest in on one line in particular. I think we're probably going to be on the same line, but I want to hear your thoughts. We have Arizona with a 2.8 implied gold total going into Los Angeles. The Kings have a 2.6 implied gold total. It looks like Connor Garland is going to be back for Arizona tonight, but uh, uh, as always, we have no idea what their lineups are going to be until warm-ups start. All right, Josh. I like one line here because I think – there's only one line to like considering we don't know what Arizona is going to look like. What do you see?
1: Yeah. And as much as I talk about like hating to roster Anaheim Ducks, I hate rostering this line, but this is a very good spot for, <laughs> <laughs> for the LA top line. Like Kopitar, I, I'm a big Kopitar guy and he's 5,700. Where it gets a little tougher the swallow is clicking in 5,200 Dustin Brown and 4,400 <laughs> Alex I follow, But like they're fully correlated power play one. They're going to see like, let's we'll just assume these lines stay together. They're going to, they're going to see Keller Schmaltz and Derek Brassard. Like there's nothing there that scares me. Um, Arizona PK is not that great. Kopitar is like, Oh, he's always involved in the power play, obviously. And then, you know, you look at, you look at your daddy's price at 4,800. Like it's just super enticing. Like, so for me, like, this is a King's top line. I know, like, last week we had we touted Jeff Carter three times, and it's just miserable. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it worked <laughs> twice, man. <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> once, once on the empty net. We can't yeah. pull that card at least until, like, April. But, like, <laughs> I, I like this King's top line tonight, yeah. And then, like, I I don't mind going to the second line of Anthony Ciavardi and Carter just because they're fully quartered and power play, too. Um, but – the thing is, like, when Kempe was there, instead of Anthony Nassiu, the they are way better defensively. Now, with Anthony see the there, it's just going to it's gonna be a bit rough with pup possession. So I don't mind, like, say, like, Garland's with Dvorak and Uncle Phil. Like, I don't mind going to Arizona, too, if they're going to see that Valardi line. So for me, it's it's really only about Kings 1 in my uh, small amount of lineups. But in MME, I'd be, you know, Kings 1, I'd dab a little bit, I'd sprinkle some some kings too, and if if Garland and Dvorak are together, that's a that's a pair I get to ex, some exposure to in MMA, and then Drew is too cheap. So if you're using kings, uh, definitely Doughty, and even as a one-off, Doughty.
0: Yeah, the LA Kings top line is the one I wanted to talk about, and it's for this particular reason. It's not; it is a good matchup at five on five. You're right. There's not a line uh, with line matching that we have to be concerned about uh, by any stretch of the imagination. This is the particular reason why I like uh, this line here tonight. The Arizona penalty kill over on HockeyViz. Um, it's a great website. It's a subscription only, but if you're really into hockey, um, I would recommend people going to check out HockeyViz.com. A lot of great visuals just to, you know, you can see, see what's happening on the ice as opposed to just reading words or numbers. Um, the Arizona penalty kill by HockeyViz's expected goals uh, model is 32% worse than the league average. Thirty-two percent. The only reason why this team isn't getting shelled on the penalty kill uh, is their team penalty kill at four on five is nine seventeen, which I shouldn't have to tell anybody. A nine seventeen on the penalty kill is just way, way, way higher uh, than can be sustained. I think the leader in the NHL last year was nine hundred five, and there was only two teams anywhere's near around nine hundred. So uh, that Arizona penalty kill has been. Uh, floated by outstanding goaltending, and they do have outstanding goaltenders, but they can't do the job every single night. Uh, So LA with that perfect correlation and reasonable price, uh, plus Drew Doughty, like them a lot here tonight. It doesn't really matter what the matchup is. Uh, For the Arizona side, like, I had some interest in, like, going to, like, a Schmaltz-Kessel, like, two-man, because I do think, like, if you can get down into the second and third lines of the Kings, that Arizona can do some damage here but we just don't know what the lines are going to be. Like, I, like we have lines, what we think they're going to be. Uh, you talked about Schmaltz, Keller, and Broussard, uh, but it's just an educated guess. Like, we, we don't know exactly what the matchups are going to be. So, like, I, I put in Schmaltz and Kessel. Um, I'm probably going to take him out and put in Schmaltz and Keller uh, because then if I, I, I can swap down to a Dvorak or I can swap down to a Kessel after that if, if the lines are different somehow. I just want to get some Arizona here and whatever their second line is going to be at warmups. That's what I'm going to late swap to. Um, I'm, I am putting in a couple Arizona two-mans to try to take advantage of this bad LA Kings depth, but I'm with you. I think this game um, in general is all about Kings one. Um, Oliver Ekman Larson played 15 minutes last game. He is completely off the board uh, in the fantasy realm. Ilya Lubushkin. Sixteen minutes, almost hit the shot block bonus. Two blocks, four games in a row, buddy. He's gonna get there. I'm calling it Lubushkin shot block bonus tonight. Any defenseman you like in this game? <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> outside of Doughty, and you know, if you're if you want to get you know Arizona power play, Jacob Chichikin. I guess it's fine, but like he's overpriced. I'd rather pay fifty seven hundred for Theodore, forty eight hundred for Dowdy. The list goes on and on. He's probably just a Arizona correlation play. I'm on board with Labushkin for Min Price. I always love the block, sh- the uh, the shot blockers at Min Price. And then on the Kings side, you know, if Olimata is going to see the minutes with Dowdy, he's a decent punt. And Sean Walker, if you're playing some King's depth in MME, I guess is okay.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, there are some cheap guys to use here. Sean Walker, like him, I'm going right back to the Bushkin. Uh, All right. Before we get to our final game, just want to let everybody know that if you want to stay up to date on the latest NHL DFS news, you can do so with our Osmo NHL Twitter handle. Um, It's different than it was last season. So if you're following us last year, you might have to follow a different one now. It's Osmo NHL. You can stay up to date with lineups uh, and projections. Everything is shared there uh, through our Twitter. So head on over to Osmo NHL Twitter handle or better yet, you can just subscribe and join our Slack chat. All right. We got a few minutes left here uh, for our final game. Uh, Colorado, uh, San Jose, uh, Colorado 3.5 implied gold total, San Jose 2.5 implied gold total. Uh, We have Colorado as uh, the most, or the highest owned line of the night near 25%. So it seems they're going to be chalky, but Sam Gerrard still PP1 because there's no Byram or Makar for the abs. There, I mean, I will say right out, I have a fair amount of Colorado 1, but I absolutely love the Colorado 3 line tonight. Comfort, Donskoy, Burakovsky, they're going to be going against the depth from the Sharks, and they absolutely throttled them in the last game. Um, Super cheap, so you can fit any two or three of them in with your Bostons or your Edmontons or your Torontos. So uh, while I do have a fair share of Colorado 1, I love Colorado 3. As a filler stack, what do you like in this game, Josh?
1: You don't have to convince me to play my boy June as Donskoy, so yeah. I mean, listen, they're fully qualified at power play too. They are super cheap, like really cheap. They're under ten thousand. I like them better than the Ducks. I like them better than Vegas too, just probably from an ownership perspective. But again, like Colorado, one, they kind of got beat up pretty good by the Sharks top line, but we, you know, again not really going to play them for the five on five. It's all about the power play. Um, Sharks PK is not great. They're defensively. They're pretty poor. Um, so yeah, they're going to be chalky, but obviously the way to do that is fully power play stack them. Right. I did it the last slate you put in Codry, you put in Gerard, you get all five. Uh, you get the five at a lower total ownership. If you want to, you know, swap around, swap out Lannis for Kadri. You can mix and match on the power play. That's fine. But, um, yeah, I, I like this third line. It's my favorite filler line of the night. I do like the Sharks' top line. Uh, it's an MME play only for me, though. I don't think I'm going to get there in one to three. Uh, the Sharks' depth is pretty rough. But, again, uh, uh, Balser is a 2,900 power play one. I think if you need another cheap one off, I think that guy – is where you can go if you have space for Timo Meyer. I think. Like, I don't mind the second line. Just Dylan Gambrell just doesn't do much for me. So, like, I don't mind a Meyer balsers two-man or, like, a Balser's Donato two-man for some power play one. But for me, it's Colorado power play, Colorado three, Sharks uh, top line, and always um, burns. I, I wouldn't force him in, but if you have the space, I don't mind him.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not quite always Burns anymore. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I wish it was, but it's not. I'm, I'm with you on that Meyer-Balsers two-man. I really like that two-man. Their numbers in a small sample, uh, especially with Gambrell, have been good this year. I worry about that Colorado second line because Valerie Nachushkin jumping on that second line makes them a lot better defensively. Uh, but we've seen Colorado's lines change up pretty much on a on a daily basis, so I'm not too concerned that Nachushkin inside. Um, are going to be Kadri's uh, wingers the entire game. But yeah, I absolutely love that Colorado third line as a filler stack here tonight. Uh, Colorado top line power play stack. Um, I do like them as well. Um, you know, the San Jose top line has been good this year, like genuinely good. So if people want to use them, like you said, not going to begrudge them whatsoever. I'm pretty much out on both goalies in this game because I do not play Martin Jones unless it's correlated and i don't have a lot of sharks and i'm certainly not playing 8400 grubauer on the road. what about you
1: i don't even play martin jones in my sharks lineup so I <laughs> <laughs> okay. no, i'm out like i don't i don't like spending over 8000 for goalies it's not something i do especially with these with these shop bonuses now i'd rather get the cheap guys who are going to see volume
0: all right I like that. Uh, All right. We're going to wrap it up here. Uh, Before we head out, Josh, why don't you give the listeners your favorite stack of the day? Vegas one. Vegas one. All right. I'm going to say, besides Boston one, which is obvious, I'm going to say Los Angeles one. That is my favorite stack of the day. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for watching. Please like and subscribe. Slam that notification bell if you want to see whenever we get on the air. Thank you to our producer, Tyler. Thank you to our grand maester, Josh Harris, for joining me today. Good luck out there, everybody.